Hello, we're live with Connecting Christ. Thank you all for joining us. It is February 23rd, 2020, and we're here with, uh, my name is Jonathan May. Um, I'm an attorney. I'm from Illinois, and I have a, a special guest from high school here with us, Shannon, today, and Les, her husband, and Joel. Please introduce yourselves. And it gets worse. Shannon. I'm a physical therapist currently living in Atlanta um, and have the opportunity to worship with John and Joelle and Les today. My name's Les Glinsky. I'm married to Shannon Glinsky. I'm a, a biomedical equipment technician uh, and I'm also pleased to be here today. My name is Joelle. Um, you know, I'm working for the hospitality management hotel, so I'm glad to be here today as well. And so... It's a very special time for Shannon and Les. They are celebrating their 10th anniversary of marriage. Um, and we were talking about some of the challenges of, you know, making a lasting relationship. And so one of the great things is, you know, I think they have experience that other people can lean on and grow with. And they can be a great mentor for other couples and people that are, you know, just getting into relationships. And so congratulations, you both. Uh, Thank thanks for being here. And so what would be some of the best advice you could give to people for lasting relationships? Well, you have to be willing to compromise. Um, but you have to remember that you're not, you're not in the relationship for each other or for your children. You're, you're in the relationship for Christ. Um, because your marriage is a, a picture, uh, an image of what Jesus Christ did for his church. Jesus Christ is the head and the church is the body. And he, you know, he gave himself sacrificially for the church. So that's what we try to base our marriage on, not making one another happy or making ourselves happy, um, but just being uh, ambassadors to the world. Um, I think to go along with that, I think definitely putting Christ at the center of your marriage um, or your relationship, but also trying to put your, your spouse's needs ahead of your own. Um, that's important too. And trying to think more about them than yourself. <clears throat> There's scripture that says the, the number one commandment is to love God. And the second one is to love your neighbor, right? And so I think you guys uh, embody and exemplify love and your relationship. And so, you know, it's such a wonderful thing. And then the other thing we were congratulating them upon is they have four children and they were able to you know go out just together just the two of them for a week and spend time together and we talked about how so important that you get to you know spend time with just your relational partner and not necessarily with your other friends your other kids and get time alone so can you guys comment on alone time and the value the value of it well, it definitely gets harder the, the further you go, especially with young kids. Um, but it's it's very important to put aside time. Uh, I mean, for our 10th anniversary, it's nice to get a whole entire week. Uh, but even throughout the past 10 years, just getting an evening here, a day there, uh, even a few minutes before we put our heads on the pillow and fall asleep. Yeah, you definitely have to be intentional. Um, because otherwise, you'll just 
you won't make time for one another or the only time that you have with one another is at the end of the day when you're both exhausted and um, so you just have to make it a priority and sometimes that means setting aside lesser priorities to focus on your relationship and so Joel, what's your advice Joel's on the opposite end well, of the spectrum. And so the we can learn from everybody, including... But I see this couple right here, and I can tell you each one each other. It's, it's, they belong to that one. It's like you see a, an orange and an apple already. They're complemented together. So I, I'm speechless about them because the way they look, the way they look in the eye each other, the moment they're working in, and the, the way they talk with so much respect each other, that's the way the way couples should be, I guess, be. And unfortunately, in this time, this era, people don't do that. People don't respect each other. It is demanding. And you guys don't, don't show that as demanding. You guys show, like, can I get it, please? So that's what we want. That's that's we, as, as a man, it's not we, men close women and guys. So we want to do separate. In my case, it's different, and divorce. But learning through my divorce, a lot of things, what we, I do wrong. And sh- what should we do right? But I know God have a, a message for me. Say, yeah, just relax, keep sitting there, do what you're doing, and I got one for you. When the one right come for me, it's fine. But at the moment, I will say the best advice I can give it to you. It's no advice I can give it to you right now because the way they see, you don't need advice. But keep it the friend that you are together because they, they, you can see the lie you guys doing. And I get you're, you're in your house, your kids like. Dad, mom, can I do this? Can I do that? It's like so much thing that like you can tell that. Mm-hmm. And that's an admirer. That's an admirer. I, I wish every couple do that, but hey, you know, you, you're blessing. You got blessed, blessing already. I can say that. Thank you. And one thing Joel always reminds me is, you know, based on his situation, he's like, listen, you need to appreciate the one you have. And he's told me multiple times, you know, your partner is going to be the one that's going to be there for you when you know, when challenging times happen and having somebody that like that, that is like that is such a, it's a hard thing to find. It's extremely valuable and it's so easy. You know, you live with somebody every day, you're around them every day. It's easy to forget how valuable and important that person is to your everyday, like happiness, to feeling comfortable, to feeling secure about yourself. Because the fact that that person's with you reminds you every day, hey, somebody loves me out there. Hey, somebody's with me and I feel important and I'm important to that person. And so, um, you know, it's a wonderful thing and, and it's important just to remember remember the, the value of your partner as much as you can and um, and so, you know, once again, congratulations to you guys and sorry to bring you to the fire, <laughs> step into the fire as soon as you jump on but um, it goes that way sometimes, so we're going to continue with the values of connecting Christ and they're real simple, number one is exalt the Lord um, which is means raise up or put them above everything else, and you know just try to do that and everything in your life. And we're gonna read scripture today, from John, uh, twenty seven through forty two, and that's what Jesus tells us um, that he he's gonna exalt the the Lord our God, and then you'll hear about it. Number two, we follow Jesus and His words. So the reason you know we read through the scripture is we want to see, hey, what did Jesus read exactly? And I see a lot of times where you know I'll hear sermons and it's not to you know say there's you know anything wrong or anything different about anybody else but i want to go straight to the source i don't want a third party i don't want uh to hear what somebody else thinks about what jesus said i want to know what jesus said exactly and then 
you know, and then I'll hear about what other people think about it. And I'd love to hear what everybody else thinks about it because we all have different interpretations. We all have different reactions. But I want to go straight to the source number one. And I, I hope you all, you know, spend time, you know, reading through the words and getting the source first. Uh, the third thing is just, you know, don't judge others. Leave the judgment up to God as much as we can. I mean, it's, you know, obviously we all have reactions and we all have thoughts and, and emotions. But, you know, as much as we can, leave the judgment to God. Uh, avoid cr criticizing others. You know, we're not here to criticize you. We're here to love you. And lastly, um, I talk about being generous. And a lot of churches ask for money to the church. I don't ask for money to the church, but I do encourage you to... Um, to support and give to those around you, those in need. And so there's a story about Jesus. And this is how I kind of changed my paradigm in thinking about giving to the church. Is um, There's a story about Jesus where uh, a perfect man comes up to him, a man without sin. And it's important that you understand he's a man without sin. And he says, how can I get to heaven? And Jesus says, to be perfect, I want you to give all of your things to the poor and follow me. And the guy had a lot of money and he wasn't able to give up all of his things. But he had the he had the opportunity for the greatest, you know, opportunity that you could ever ask for to follow Christ. And we all have that opportunity, but he was able to follow him in the flesh and he gave it up because of his possessions. And so, um, you know, I think and I, I talked I talked earlier with Shannon less about there's kind of like a dichotomy between, you know, you, you want to be perfect in the spiritual realm, but you also have to live in the and the reality <laughs> you have to live in the real realm. So, like, am I going to give away all my things? I'm not going to do it. You know, like, Jesus, hey, I'm not perfect. Forgive me. You know, but I try to be generous to others. I try to help others. And that's that's the best I can do. I'm not, I'll never live up to his standard. And I'm not trying to live up to his standard. I just, that's what I want. That's what I desire, but I'm not going to put, you know, I just see that as a bar that I'm trying to attain. But it's okay if I don't. So definitely encourage you to be generous with those around you, especially those in need. Um and the thing is is the way that god can move in your life when you when you help others is just incredible so that's that so we'll start with our initial prayer sure. uh, as we start this meeting lord we want to honor you thank you god for the time we had today discuss issues and make decisions make you bless each person who took the time to get here today and let your hand and protection to be on them through the rest of the week let this work be here done this day Come to fruition and let all be your glory. Helach each our parts to bring plans to discuss for life. And desolate your name, son, Jesus. Amen. 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 Great prayer. Thank you. Okay, so the next exercise we have is just like three deep breaths. Um, when you breathe in and out, exhale all of your oxygen, everything you have, let it out. And then breathe in real deep. You know, breathe it out again. When you breathe in, just invite Jesus into your into your body, and um, so we make it both physical and spiritual. Mm -hmm. And so, the yeah. idea behind it is that um, a lot of people have like excess CO two in their body that they haven't expelled, and we need oxygen for our minds, our muscles. And Shannon can tell us a lot more about that. She's a, a science professional. I'm not. I'm an attorney. <laughs> but um, what do you know about that, Shannon? Oh, goodness. <laughs> now you really are putting me on the spot. Um, just, yeah, the benefits of, you know, deep breathing is, is going to optimize your lung function. So um, there's certainly the science behind it. So. 
It's a good way to, I think, invite the Lord in too, just to kind of clear all the distractions, whatever that looks like. We all have those distractions and um, different forms, but just being able to clear your your heart and your mind to be able to focus on the instruction and on the Lord's word. All right, so here we go. Deep breaths, begin. And a second one when you're ready, and a third one after that. Okay. Now, this is something, Joel, that I thought about you um, when I was when I was driving today, and so. The thing that I encourage everybody to do is um, to get direction in your life based on what God tells you. So ask for direction in your day, in your week, in your month, and in your relationships as well. And so Joel and I have been strategizing, um, you know, business, his business and how he's going to approach it. But the thing that we didn't do is just listen first. You know, what is what is God telling you to do? Because we could come up with what we think is the most brilliant idea. Second. But it may not be blessed as the right direction for you to go. Right. And you could come up with the worst idea and it may be the best thing for your business. You know what I mean? And so I think that's number one is when you're, you know, making any decision or going any direction is just, you know, listen, ask and listen. Hey, you know, what's the what's the that's best right. direction? And then, you know, listen right. to your gut of, you know, what is it pushing you to, to do? What is it? What way is it pushing you to go? And um and just listen and then be obedient to that it's it's hard because once again it's this this challenge between the spiritual realm and the the physical realm the physical realm is going to tell you one thing and the spiritual realm is going to tell you an opposite Correct. thing at Maybe. times and it's a challenge so for me i try to you know follow jesus in the spiritual realm and follow everything he says but then sometimes you get tested harder and harder you know it, it becomes a, a a more challenging test uh as you go or in life and so it's just something you have to balance completely true it's, 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 it's about first of all it's like as we know he command our ship I always remember that I, I used to work in a ship so I know the captain but in this case my ship my captain is bad so when you decide that just letting take you everywhere he wants to yes Go where he, he want to go that way, you just go with that way. You go this way, go this way. And let it be handled your life. Because if you do your own thing, say, oh, no, today I'm not going to listen to them. Believe me, you will regret your life. He already give you the opportunity, the free will, to choose what you want. All right? You choose to her. I mean, example, you choose to her to get married. All right? He give, and now it's up to you how your relationship is going to be. So God said, listen, you want to put me there, and you want me to be there for you guys. So you bow me and I give you the eternity life of happiness. Put that way. So it's how life I'll always come as we in my cell as well. You need to put God first regardless of anything. And then just say, you know what, God, I thank you for the things you bless me. And that's it. Even they don't give you things, he give you another day, another day to live. So whatever it is, just be humble, right? Uh, people say everything's about money, which is 99.9%. Everybody say that. But if you put that first, you just listen, listen, things gonna come out. Bills you gotta pay. I got mortgage, I got house to pay, I gotta work, I gotta make overtime. 
all those things are going to come in your mind and you're going to pile like that and whether they will do that they will going to tell you listen you got all those things you need to worry about it worry today worry tomorrow and that what worry creates fights create problems i got to you don't worry i got you just relax just let me handle this thing so that's what i learned through these years and now i like i letting god to handle my life easily and so far He's doing great. <laughs> I guess I did that. Right. Um, the other thing I'd add to that, and it's kind of like demeaning in a sense, but, um, you know, I, I think of myself that I'm an intelligent person, but if you look at, like, how intricate the details of God are, it's just absolutely amazing. Like, you could count the hairs on your body. You know, I don't know how, you know, I'm never going to count it. Um, you know, he created the moon, the sun, the planets. You know, our our earth it spins at the same rate every day we go around the around the sun at the same time every day it's all like calculated in intricate details and so jesus compares us to sheep and sheep are like the dumbest animal in the animal kingdom one of them and so i i always have to it's kind of like joel said humble yourself and i have to realize even if you're like the smartest human hey you're albert einstein great in comparison to god you're nothing you're 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 yeah you're human and it is what it is and so i have to remind myself like every time i think i'm smart hey to jesus you're a sheep <laughs> and 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 i've seen it over and over again where I, you know i think i i've calculated the right path and god had another path for me that was way better for me and it just happens over and over again and i can never you know i can never deny that i can never take that away from true, god it's true. just that he always has a better plan for me than i do I'm never going to understand, you know, how his plan aligns and how it's going to work out because he had, there's always going to be things that you don't know about that are going to happen or things that are being set up for you that you have no clue about and there's no way you could have a clue about it. So um, what it does is when I remind myself that I'm like a sheep, it reminds me to, to lean on him and to use that resource and to um, be obedient and to... And to re just rely and trust in God and what he's doing. And every time I trust in him, you know, positive things come out and it works out, you know, the best I could imagine. And even, you know, even when you go through tough circumstances, um, things, mm -hmm. things will get better. So just to add to that, I'm drawing a blank on the scripture right now, but um, maybe, you know, less, but something to the effect of like the Lord provides for the the birds or whatever, like whatever the birds need. So the sparrow. How, the sparrow. Yeah. Do you know the verse off the top of your head? It's in Matthew. And basically how much more do I love you that I will, you know, provide for your needs and the Lord always provides and he does have a sovereign plan for all of our lives. So. And I was just thinking about the, the analogy of God being the captain of your ship. Mm -hmm. and sometimes you sail into storms and you think like, you know, God, what, do, what have you got me into? This is horrible. But you come through the storm um, the way that God wants you to. So, and uh, tribulation, uh, hardships in your life produce perseverance. And that's, that's what God has set for you in your path. He's, he's not brought anything into your, into your life that he's not going to help you through. You're talking about Psalm, Psalm 84.3? No. Or Matthew 10.29. Mm -hmm. 
The other thing I'd add is you can ask God for the most mundane, simple requests. Um, just always turning to God, I, I advise it. I had a day yesterday where technology wasn't working for me. Computer is super slow. I spent all day doing something that should have just taken a couple hours. And I was so frustrated, extremely frustrated. I'm just mad. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just pray. Let me stop and pray. So I stop and I'm like, God, can you please make this go faster? I'm trying the best I can. This is just terrible. And I'm not going to quit until I do it, right? So like five seconds later, the same computer that's been going slow for like four or five hours starts like flying like super fast. And I'm like, this is creepy. This is so weird, but this is amazing. Like I could work so incredibly fast. Um, and it was just a simple prayer. So just turn, you know, I'd say turn to God, you know, with any situation, with any, you know, hurt that you have, with any pain that you have, turn to God, it, you know, any problem you have. I mean, Les, you're, you're a technology guy, right? And so tech, you think of it and the realistic form and it's all like scientific isn't it and it's all calculated yeah but do you ever see like a spiritual effect on yeah tech? There, there's all kinds of things that happen even with technology where you know someone calls me over hey there's something wrong with this machine and i just they they call it the, the magical biomed hand i just have to go and touch the machine and suddenly it just is working no problem wow. but yeah it's 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 interesting to me how a lot of people in like secular science, they, they think they have everything figured out and oh, we've discovered all these things. And, and when you actually look in, there's so much, it's the more we know, the more we learn that we don't know, the more complicated right. we find things to be. So it's, it's definitely humbling to, to study science and to study technology and, and all those things to where we just learn how much, how much we don't know and how much we need God. You know what I love about that is um, Shannon does brain injuries and, um, well, and physical therapy, right. right? So what can you tell us about the brain and how it controls the body? And I mean, it's so, it's so amazingly intricate that my, my point is that it can only be by design because it's, it's so incredibly well designed. Yeah. It's so amazingly designed, but you know so much more about it than I ever will. Yeah, it's just the brain is so complicated. I mean, there's so much that scientists don't know about the brain, and um, and there are no two brains that are the same. I mean, how people perceive things, understand things, value things. I mean, um, just how the brain is wired, and it's different for every person. So, um, yeah, it's definitely by God's hand because nothing that humans could ever play a part in. Well, and when you think of healthcare, 10% of healthcare is like mending, you know, setting broken bones and medicine and, okay. and drugs. The other 90% is just getting your body to fix itself. So there, there's just so much that's, you know, the doctor tells you, you know, we just have to wait and see if they're going to pull through. And that's, that's God healing your body, your body doing what it was designed to do and, and repair itself. If he chooses. Or yeah. not healing your body, if that's part of his plan, too. Yeah. And especially in the job that you've been doing, you, I think to work what you are, you had to lie extremely, extremely. You had to love your job. 
and you have to be patient on that. Indeed, patience. Right. Patience yeah. is all <laughs> what you need. Patience, yeah. yeah. Patience. patience to patience. Believe me, because the, the job is not easy. Even you go to the hospital right now, you see somebody in the bed and you don't know what kind of sickness they have. You start like oh, crying or you start like, she wants something and she wake up. You start like, you have to control. And you have to control yourself when she's doing that. So it's amazing what you do. And besides, it's like, you gotta be, when you go home, you gotta be, thanks God, another day, I made it. You know, it's, it's like that because you just say, I don't want to see my happiness in my family. So things like that. So it's an amazing what you do as well. You, you say you, you have a lot of things to, you put your hands and everything's working. I got something over there I need to be working on. <laughs> so everything is fine. I, I just want to make sure you guys, you guys are awesome. Really, we should go, you guys stay another week here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. And then we'll move to affirmations real quick and just, you know, things that God thinks about you and. You know, I definitely encourage you to de- to declare it, but um, you know, we just believe that everyone listening and all the people here, you guys are overcomers. You're champions. You're made by design. You're special. You're important. Mm-hmm. You're masterpieces. You're favored, favored by God. You're supported. You're equipped. You're strong, intelligent, and loved. So I think that's important. If you can, you know, repeat that every day to yourself. When you're frustrated, when you feel not important, repeat it to yourself. And believe it. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to say it, and it's another thing to believe it. But if you say it enough, you start to believe it. So just, you know, I encourage you to do affirmations when you can. And the next next round is um, practicing gratitude. And so I'll start. You know, I'm so thankful for Joel. He's like a brother to me. He's helping me with all kinds of things in my life and That'd advice all over. And, you know, I couldn't ask for you know, a better friend and a better person. And I just want to say how, you know, thankful I am and how great you are. Thank you, brother. And Shannon and Les, you know, they're awesome, amazing people. Um, so thankful to get to spend time with them today. It's definitely designed by God that we got to spend time together because, you know, they're, they travel for their anniversary. And um, and they're just amazing people. I've known Shannon since, uh, since high school. It's been like 20 20 years. We're not that uh, old, John. <laughs> we are that old. <laughs> she, she's but not you, that old. You know, she's 22, remember that. <laughs> she's, still, she's still in her 20s, early 20s, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been a long time. And um, and so, yeah, she's been a great friend always. And, uh, you know, I'm just appreciative for friendship and for, you know, somebody that I can trust and confide in and, you know, be there for and to you know compete with so thank you all and in addition to that i'm thankful for my my fiance andrea my family Woo! my job people i work with my clients um everybody that i that i deal with um and i'll even be thankful for the haters <laughs> the haters out there and the people that want to you know like that you see as a, a nemesis they can be your greatest um thing that pushes you to strive to be better and so you know i just want to take that attitude of like yeah they're on the other side i'll even give a shout out to the baby <laughs> uh, i'm currently in a, a lawsuit with this guy and uh, i think he's amazing but your nemesis can be the one that can push you and and make you your best and so i think god i think god uses everybody in your life um for your best interest and so well in my case i would say uh, thanks for my kids um Yesterday I got a conversation with my daughter and my son. After a while, my daughter, 
and I'm grateful for both of them. I'm grateful for she doing the right thing, he doing the right thing in school. He's in an RTCA, he went to military school. My daughter, she wanna become a forensic, so everything goes great. I wanna read more time. I, I, I got, thank God, you know, this idea for the business, I jump about that. So with this business, I wanna create more time for them. Because, you know, when you're divorced, you only see rarely short time. But when I have it, the time that I'm missing, I'm never gonna recover, but when I grow up, better, better communications. And also, thanks for meeting this, this guy, the whole. He's a really great guy, no matter what everybody say. Love you, brother. Um, <laughs> and thank you for you guys coming here today. It's a wedding introduction, you guys. Tell me who you are and tell you who your friends are, but it's true. It's, it's true, you're a great friend, and what he is, you guys are exactly. So I'm very grateful for meeting you guys. And my parents, my family, my friends, my co workers on the job. Uh, everybody struggle, everybody has issues, but I hope this prayer that we go, we did it, it is with a uh, reunion we have right here, everything will come better and better and better and better. Mm-hmm. How about you guys? Um, I'm thankful for Shannon. It's been 10 great years. I don't know cool. where, I w- where I would be if I had oh. met Shannon over 10 years ago um, just the example that she is um, to me um, loving me and I, I don't deserve it um, she loves me way way more than than I deserve uh, but it, it reminds me of, of Jesus who loves me infinitely more than I could ever imagine and definitely more than I deserve but also for my kids, I'm thankful to my in-laws who are watching my kids this week while we're on vacation. They did a really great job. But yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine a different life that would be better. So. Well, I'll try and not repeat anything that was already said. Um, <laughs> I'm just grateful to live in this country, uh, just for all the freedoms that we enjoy. Um, just getting back from a, a trip and, and seeing how people live in other parts of the world. You know, it's always great to get back on American soil and realize how blessed we are here um, and how good life is. Um, grateful for good health um, and just uh, for something that, you know, so many of us have but take for granted each and every day. Um, just for God's creation. Uh, Again, on this trip, I was just blown away with some of the beauty, uh, the natural beauty out there that, again, sometimes on a daily commute we overlook or, you know, you just don't pay attention to that sunrise or that sunset. Um, and sometimes you just need to, to get away to see, you know, all the, all the natural beauty that the Lord has created. So. That's great. And that reminds me of, um, I was teaching Saturday morning. And there was just like a giant rainbow outside the window. And I was like, man, this is just incredible. I was like, how does God create this? I have no idea how he creates any of this stuff. It's incredible. Um, I've learned that the more I appreciate it, the more I enjoy it. It's so easy just to be like, oh, it's there and forget about it. But if you can like internalize, hey, this is awesome. He did a great job. He's amazing. You just have like that, almost like that childlike wonder that you hear about in the Bible of like being excited about the most random things and things like that so from there we'll go into the scripture thank you all uh we're looking at john 
427, and we're going to read through, uh, through 42. So the disciples rejoined Jesus just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see you man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So let me repeat that. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. Mm-hmm. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for har- harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many Samaritans believe. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Amen. Amen. All right, Joel, you want to start? I want to start something. This, this, is, uh, this moment is so monumental. Uh, we wonder how, how this village, these Samaritan people, which is half a separate the true, which is these people is uh, affected by idolatry, uh, immorality, sinners. How these people uh, can say Jesus is a savior, right? And I know those people are, are uh, they used to have a, like a Bible, we call it the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch is one, they don't go more beyond, the only way you know, they know who God is the creator, they know Abraham is the God, Isaac and Jacob, they know about it, but nothing more than that. So when they realize Jesus is the Savior, it's, it's so much, wow, I say, how do they know about it? So when the disciples come, you know, it's, it's, it's timing. Everything is timing. As you said, John, before, everything is about timing. The timing when the apostles, the disciples come, is exactly in the, in the timing where he's talking with a woman. And if they come late, they will miss in the woman. If they come early, they will not allow to talk to the woman. So in the timing, it's like, who is this woman? What she want? Or what? They ask you those questions and then say So basically, uh, the woman, when they find out like, oh my God, he told me everything, whatever is in my life. He knows everything. Of course, it's Jesus. God sent him. So, and when they go spread, hey, rumors, hey, come on, guys, I got the, the real, it should be the real Christ, the real Jesus, the real Messiah. So they went there, they went back to there, and they were talking about uh, even the stay, I believe the stay for a couple, two days, more. So it's an amazing. Uh, I got some, I read something about here, and say, uh, I remember 
right here. I don't know if you guys remember. Peter goes to Cornelius and then Paul launches into the Mediterranean Gentile world, right? To take the gospel and plant the church in the gentle lands. Now, God have a choosing these people, saying like to the disciples and to everybody else, I just come to save everyone. Not exactly only the bunch of people that we are in our land. We try to say everyone in this world. So the guy that chose, Jesus chose to say everyone, no matter where you come from. And since he chose that, we need to know, oh, Jesus, thank you for the saving. Thank you for, for these things. We got to choose to be saved. And, and unfortunately, we don't see that clearly yet. So that's the message I see in this in this intention, this message that I write and I see this. Uh, he said, like, uh, this woman declared that Jesus is the Messiah. He says the saving of the world. And that's it. I mean, these people surrender about God. That's it. How about you think? Well, Les, what Les you, how would you like to... Um... Yeah, I thought it was interesting how the, the disciples came up just as she was leaving. Um, but of course, none of the disciples questioned Jesus about it. Um, but then, Jesus, you know, they tell Jesus that he needs to eat. And he says, I have food that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. And uh, the disciples are always, even though they're with Jesus all the time, they're still confused by the things that he says. Um, with his with his stories, the parables, and um, and he's just trying to get them to to think differently, because um, his he says his food is to do the work of him who who sent me, um, and just going into the 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 story about the the sowers and the reapers. And how some some start the work and some finish the work, um, but it's it's not you know he he has the the saying you know it's still four months until harvest. Um, we don't have to wait for the harvest. The you know the fields are ripe for harvest. Um, so, but it's not up to us to finish the work sometimes all Jesus has for us is to to start the work so you may talk to someone uh, you may tell someone about Jesus you may help someone and that that may not be the thing that leads them to Christ but later on down the road you know there may be someone else and someone else after that and eventually those who Jesus wants to save are going to be saved um, whether it's by you or someone else so it's, it's encouraging to know that the work it's not on our shoulders to accomplish the work, but just to do what we've been called to do. Um, and know that that's what Jesus has for you in your life. We, we don't have the stress of um, making people believe. We just have the, the joy of spreading the gospel. So. Shannon? Um. So just to piggyback on that, I think, you know, the woman's reaction to this man who, you know, who knew everything that had happened in her life, who knew the intimate details of her life that no one else other than Jesus could have possibly known, 
um, just how that spurred her on to action. Um, she didn't just, you know, stay quiet about that. She, that was like a call to action for her. And she, you know, she went back to the village and was like, you guys have got to come check out this guy. And then just how many people became believers as a result. So I think it just goes to show us that, you know, we all have a personal testimony and we all have stories and life situations that can speak to someone else along their walk with Christ and that we just need to be bold in that and that we need to, you know, openly share what's going on in our lives, get past the you know, the pleasantries and get into the nitty gritty with other believers and with non-believers, you know, to where you have that relationship. Because when you have that relationship with people, it's easier to open that door and, you know, and bring people, you know, to know Christ. So I think it just goes along with relationship and then just a call to action and not just sitting on the good news, but doing something about it. Yeah, I think everything you guys said is awesome. It's so amazing because it's not the point of view that I was taking and so I'm really learning and um one thing I learned from TD Jakes TD Jakes this week is um when you look at these bible stories don't just like for me I always want to look at it as Jesus right but he says look at it from the perspective of every character in the story look at it from the woman and what she experienced look at it from the townspeople you know a woman comes in shouting you know, there's a guy that's a messiah. He knew everything about my life. And he said that I'll never thirst again. Look at it from the disciples' point of view. Oh, this guy is not going to eat. <laughs> He's going without food. He says that God is providing for him and he doesn't need food. And so that's something that I'm trying to do regularly. And it's, I think, you know, you guys just reminded me of, you know, the different perspectives you're seeing um, are so profound. And so I appreciate that. Definitely the the call to action is such a good lesson we can learn um, because so many people, you know, I could I could say this with confidence that I've seen like or experienced so many positive things from God that I never told anybody. And when things happen to me now, I still feel anxiety to tell people like even just talking about my computer working. I'm like, they're going to think I'm crazy. You know what I mean? And it is crazy. That's the thing that's funny about it. But that's what makes it awesome, too, is because it's unexpected. But I can tell you there's been probably thousands of things of occurrences that happened in my life that, you know, I didn't I didn't take that call to action. I didn't take the opportunity to profess it. And that professing could have had a positive impact on other people. And so that was a great point, Shannon. Um, I think we're all guilty of that, John. I think we all have missed opportunities. I mean, where we could have shared about Christ and you walk away and you kind of have that sinking pit feeling in your right. soul like why didn't I seize that opportunity or why wasn't I bold he's knocking the door every day I guess he's every every day he's are you there hey I'm here come on open the door but we don't do it sometimes it's like I just put a John eight twenty four. they say I told you that you will die in your sins if you don't believe that I am he you will indeed die in your sins so basically that part of going to that, you know what I mean? It's like everybody knew he's the Savior, so that's the point. Yeah, I had a, I had a couple of blessings this week, uh, and Shannon inspired me to talk about them. I wasn't going to, but um, two things. My house is undergoing unplanned renovation. Uh, number one, um, 
essentially I had a friend and I had made an agreement with him to do work on my house and I had paid and the work hadn't been done and it's like a year and a half later, right? And so I had kept bothering him. I threatened a lawsuit. And, um, and so I really thought about it and I prayed about it. And I was like, you know what? God says to release people of their debts. And I was like, this, you know, my friend, he's, you know, he's a good friend of mine. I was like, you know what? Every time I say something to him, it's probably like a sinking feeling for him. It's probably like, you know, oh, I feel bad about this. And I was like, you know what I need to do is I need to give him that, like, that peace and that freedom of like, hey, these people aren't going to bother me. But it, it definitely was hard for me to do. It went against like all my interior desires. And so I just did it. Right. And I didn't have any expectation. And I'm like, hey, man, don't worry about it. You know, just forget about it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to go do it on my own. And then the guy comes like three, four days later and does it. Isn't that wild? Like I had begged him. I had called him for a long period of time. And then, you know, hey, don't worry about it. It's okay. And uh, yeah. And that's, that's on, in my mind, only Jesus could do that. Only God can do that. Um, because it definitely, you know, wasn't something in the natural realm. And just in addition, you know, Joel, uh, I give to Joel and he gives to me and we've been helping each other out, but he helped me put in like custom closets in my, in my house. And it's a lot of work. This guy is putting in a ton of work and I'm just so thankful. And it's something that you I wanted. <laughs> you did all the work. <laughs> it's something I wanted, but you know, there's things in your life that you want, but you don't see it as realistic. You know, there's certain seasons where you're like, okay, I'm ready for it. And I didn't see this as a season where I'd be ready for, you know, custom closets. I was like, okay, eventually... It'll be like the last thing I get to. But he's like, hey, man, I'd like to help you out. You know, I'd like to bless you. And um, it could only be God that did that because that was nowhere in my plans. I had no intention of doing it. But now I reap the benefit of it. And so I'm just thankful for that, you know, people calling to action. So that was just an excerpt because I was feeling bad. <laughs> I was feeling bad that I didn't, you know, mention it before. But the other thing that just keeps jumping out to me on this message is, God saying, or Jesus saying that um, he doesn't need bread, he doesn't need food, because he's focused on his mission. And uh, let me read the exact words. I repeated it. I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So that, that perplexes me. And the reason that it jumps out to me is I'm like, what the hell is he saying? And so, <laughs> so I want to ask you guys, you know what I mean? I want to see what your response is. For me, the thing that I do see is that he's prioritizing God's mission over food. But we all know that people need to eat. But he, Jesus is just like so bold. He's like, you know, forget your food. <laughs> like, like, <I> don't, <laughs> he, he's like, get this out of my face, this food. Even though he hasn't eaten. And, I, I'm, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, I keep attracting back to that. He has food to eat that you know nothing about. So first he has water that you're going to drink that you'll never thirst again. And then he has, he has food to eat that you know nothing about. And so I guess what gives me a little comfort is he says, you know nothing about it, right? So I'm like, yeah, you're right, Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's about. So maybe you guys can give me some insight and some ideas about, you know, what he, he's saying. I mean, obviously we have bread is, you know, bread is my body, wine is my blood. And, um, you know, it can be a reference to that. Um, but I I know that, but I think it goes deeper. 
I see like a deeper meaning in there and I'm trying to like extract it. What do you think, Les? Um, well, the, the food, it kind of reminds me of what you were talking about earlier about the, the rich man, the rich young ruler. And Jesus said it's easier for, the, for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. Um, it wasn't that the man's riches, being rich isn't evil. But when you value those earthly possessions more than Christ, that's what's keeping you out of heaven, is your love for money. That's um, a great now, point. obviously, people have, people have, you know, I have an obligation to my wife and to my kids to take care of them, to put food on the table. Um, so it wouldn't be loving of me to just give away everything I have. But we are blessed with more than we need um and that's what that's the kind of the test that's put in our lives is are you going to choose all these comforts and the extra above what you need you know to take care of your family um or are you going to choose to help those who are in need around you and and show the love of christ to others um but that's, that's what Jesus' food is in this situation. Um, you know, I've, I mean, I don't know if you know the relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans. The Jews really looked down on the Samaritans. They, you know, they called them dogs. They were people not to be associated with. And in that culture, women especially, you know, men were not supposed to just talk to random women on the street. Um, so what Jesus was doing was, was scandalous for the day. But that's kind of what he's telling the disciples is, I have a mission to do, you know. Yeah, we can go eat, we can leave here, we can go on to the next town, but he ended up staying there two more days, and that probably irked the disciples a little bit too. Um, but, but it was a good lesson for them to learn that Jesus is, he did come into the world to save not just the Jews, but, you know, the Gentiles as well. Um, when you look at, you know, there's the Samaritans and there's also the Romans who um, a lot of followers of Jesus thought he was going to come and set up, you know, sit on the throne of David and defeat the Romans. And, and he didn't do that. He said he wasn't there for judgment. He was there for salvation. Um, and that's, that's the mission now of the kingdom of God is salvation and judgment will come whenever God decides so mm -hmm. point. that's a great point you want to add to that no actually that's <laughs> that was really good yeah it was really good yeah I'm learning so yeah, much the man. thing is like uh, what he's talking about is hey my food is to do the will so you know we can compare ourselves to to Jesus it's, he says straight now a human being body but he's Jesus he got powers so I don't say he's Superman. It's more than Wayne Superman, right? But when I say like, he, he put God first, that we, when, when I say before, he put God first, say, God, you want me to save souls? I will save souls. That's your way, I do it. Because you're the one. So when he talked to the people, let him know, you guys need, you need to eat it. Your body need to eat. Go ahead. I don't need to eat. I need to eat what my father wanted to eat. So 
my father wants us to save, so we're going to give you the souls to save. So it's kind of like that. It's more, it's going to extreme because those, if you put our, our knowledge and this era, 2020, compared to the knowledge over there, they don't even know what the phone it is, right? Or the time, they don't know why, what is a pencil, they don't have those things. So when you put the knowledge, they will look like, they only remember those times, a guy only can see from back side to side. Now we see from back up and down, even more. So those guys had limit mind, limitations. But when Jesus talked to them, talked in different way, talking the way like, if you not notice the word he said, he talked more beyond. You see, it's the Alpha and the Omega. So he talked beyond that one. So this creature is through us. Basically say, listen, even on the old phone, I don't have Instagram. But you know what? This is my Instagram right there. You can see me what I'm doing. So you know what they mean. Because you got common sense. You can see what I say to you by the time you're still learning from this time. So I, I believe that he's telling everyone, hey, listen, if I can do it, my part or commit to God, you can commit as well. I don't say you're going to get stay away from food, but I say it's keeping in touch with the Lord. That's it. That's what, the way he said. The other thing is you kind of inspired me an understanding is that like food is something that um, supplies our body with what we need. Mm-hmm. And water supplies our body with what we need. And they're very simple things, right? It's like really simple. But when you look at the scripture and you look at Jesus, it's complex. It's extremely complex. And you could almost compare like our need that Jesus is going to fulfill our emotional and spiritual needs just like food or water would. And that doing so is so much more complex. I mean, it's an easy process. Hey, I love Jesus. Come into my heart. But actually understanding and growing a relationship with him and being a part of it and learning about what he did and learning how to treat others through him is complex. And so I kind of see now how he like almost devalues the need for food versus the need for emotional and spiritual replenishment. And the other thing I can say is that I almost, you know, being American, I don't, I don't know anybody. And I feed homeless all the time in Miami. None of the homeless are hungry here. None of the homeless are hungry. But I know tons of people that are hungry for Jesus. Meaning, emotionally and spiritually, they're deprived. And so they have, you know, this hurt in their life. They have stress. They have worry. And these are all things that Jesus could resolve for them. He can bring them peace. He can make it better. He can give them everlasting life. And so when I look at it, I'm like, yeah, what's more valuable? Like food and water is like real simple. But Jesus is like the complex. It's something that has an effect. And it's something that a lot more people need than um, than food or water. It's a lot, a lot higher need. And it's a lot more challenging to like convey the message and, you know, to get it across to people and for people to accept it and to use it and to apply it. And so that's just something that, you know, kind of came to me as well. Yeah, something that I talked about yesterday, talking to my daughter yesterday and say like, when you fell down, you, you hit a hidden rock and it's hard 
because you know you can go no more from the from the rock. You can go more if you hit in the floor. You can go more down the floor. So I told about it. I said, listen, but the good thing is like from the floor I can come up again. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a long journey. It's not gonna be easy, but they can happen as long as you put your mind. And of course, I put Jesus and God first, right? But if you ask the Lord, say, listen, I want to do the right thing. I want to do the, 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 the way that you want me to do. I want to be the person that I've never been before. Because people can change from day to another. Yeah, this guy, uh, 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 I forgot, I know it's Pablo, but I forgot his name, Peter. No, no. Um, Peter? He killing, he killing all the Christians. Oh, I saw. You know, he killing... And then he became Paul. Uh, he, he became Paul. He killing everyone, and after he got killed, he said, "Jesus, said, hey, come to me." So, if he killing a human being, in that time, we I say we're gonna kill him, but say we just, hey, listen, I do wrong, let me be somebody else, let me be the one that you want me to be. So, it's 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 not easy to change. It's not easy to. It's like we doing right now. We're working out, right? We working. It's it's like. Get this tasty food, quinoa or cheese, things like that. We, we don't get in the meal every day. One is maybe too expensive to buy, to those things. Two is like, oh, I'm meant to do this all the time. I want a fried chicken, I want french fries, you know, things like that. But to do that is healthy for yourself. You just, if your body is great, your mind becomes greatest. And the things like, Everything's gonna be more easy. You will have more flexibility. You can go around. You can run in. You can become much better person. And it's the same way with the Bible. If you read the Bible or or listen to the Bible, you start to create yourself like, God, I waste so much time. Man, you are there. I know nothing about you, man. You, things like that. You just make a conversation. People are gonna go, Hey, you're nuts. You're crazy. No, I know. He's he's talking to me. And I took it to him back because he said, listen, he knocked my door twice today and he responded, was busy. But it's like that. So when you put him first and you, you're talking about him all the time, I don't say all the time, you, have, you talk to him every time that you can. And believe me, things come great. I got a co-worker that was this issue temporary, struggling. I said, come on, man, relax. Why are you crying? No, he sent me home. Why you send me home? No, because uh, they say it's too much people at work. And I send me home. What are you crying for? Go home, relax. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need the money. Listen, the money is not everything. Every guy has purpose for you. Maybe he wanted to relax because the next week is going to be this. Guess what? The next week come, she works six days. Mm-hmm. You know, working for her. So you say, you see, you made your money double. How? Okay, you're going to extra the overtime. Mm-hmm. The overtime pay you double. Oh, yeah, okay, you see, it's better. Did you re- oh, yeah, I know how that works. So things like that, you know, things like that is make you like say, man, you are nothing, but I want to become something, or you're something, you are nothing, but that man, you let him put you first. And he's an amazing man. Yeah, I can, I can talk about all day. The guy is amazing. He's number one fan, okay. <laughs> Do you guys have any other comments? I was just thinking, you know, I think of that, that verse 32 you know but he said to them i have food to eat that you know nothing about i think of that you know food being meeting a physical need but faith meeting that spiritual need um and if you have that faith as you deepen your faith 
you know, you trust in the Lord's provision for you, for whatever your circumstances are. Um, so I think it's just a, you know, it's a means that we have to grow in our faith. We have to trust that the Lord will provide, that he has a plan for us, and that is the best plan. Um, and as we, you know, trust in that, he'll provide. Just like he provided for your friend, he provided work the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he comes through. Yeah, he has it figured out. And so I wanted to transition 